Hi there, welcome to episode 136 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by an unorganized ball of sorrow, Matt Ramo. Hey! <laughs> and we're here to listen to the most interesting <laughs> video game music there is. When the PlayStation came out, colorful mascots were still considered a big deal for any platform. Sony found theirs in the form of Crash Bandicoot, and even though he still isn't strictly associated with PlayStation, he'll always be their unofficial mascot in our hearts. Bash those boxes, because tonight we listen to the music of Crash Bandicoot for the Sony PlayStation. What have I got? What's up, you unorganized ball of sorrow? How you doing? <laughs> oh, you know, unorganized and sorrowful. <laughs> no. Round. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, because I'm out of shape, even though round is a shape. Round is a shape. Yep. And a darn fine one, if I do say so myself. I agree. Uh, I'm good, I'm good. How's everything? Ah, pretty good, pretty good. We're uh, It's a rainy day here in a... Uh, in South Jersey, in the the northeast corridor of America. Yes, indeed. How did how did you fare through the uh, the old um, hurricane last week? Um, I you know, fine. Honestly, I live in an apartment building. I live on the fifth floor. I live in an area that rarely sees kind of like uh, you know natural disasters. So there's always a part of me, and I say this, and I, I recognize that I sound ridiculous. There's always a part of me that feels a little like guilty maybe it's like a a, a, a facet of uh, survivor's guilt but i always feel guilty like when i w- end up watching the news and see like you know these poor people that are four five six feet of water uh you know and uh people trapped in their cars the highways are flooded i, I feel terrible and uh you know because i'm just like oh uh, okay some some leaves fell down uh, well, the ground's wet when an inconvenience to walking my dog you know what i mean but i'm i i truly feel bad and like my heart always goes out to them um but, uh, but I did, this is crazy. So I work at a racetrack and Wednesday was the day that, you know, Ida and all the, you know, surrounding stuff was going to hit the area. And the whole morning, <clears throat> me and my coworkers are in a group chat and the whole morning, uh, me and my coworkers are in a group chat. We're talking like they're going to cancel. They're going to cancel. And they didn't. And they had us come in. And we had like four people call out because they were like, I'm not getting stuck driving down there or whatever. And so we had like this ragtag team trying to put together a television show. And then, of course, like three races in, they're like, well, we're going to cancel. And so I, as like the other uh, workers or co-workers of mine, thought that was grossly irresponsible. We have horses coming from all over the tri-state area to race at our track. And, you know, nobody thought like, Hey, man, it's going to be... They all looked at the weather and they were like, Ah, it's sunny outside. We're going to run. It's fine. But then when it really... when uh, There was this rain on tape coming in sideways. And we're like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And nobody thought like, Oh, you know, these guys have to travel back. You know? And so, like, we were very, very upset with the uh, racing association that races at our place. So, I don't know. To to anyone affected, uh, I hope it gets better soon. Uh, I got a few friends in New Orleans... Um, you know, so I'm, I'm really like, um, I'm, I'm not a praying man cause I'm not a religious man, but my, my, I don't know. My energy goes to you. Yeah. There's been, uh, I, I had a couple of friends and, uh, family folks who got hit by it, got hit by it pretty hard, but you know what? Uh, it's, uh, it is what it is. I'm, I'm thankful that everything was okay here. Yep. Uh, and let's talk about Crash Bandicoot. huh? Yes, yes, yes. What we came here for. What we came here for, Matt. <laughs> hit me with him. Hit me. Hit, 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 hit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, but I'll do it. <laughs> hit us with some history. Sure. Crash Bandicoot was released on September 9th, 1996 in North America and is celebrating its 25th anniversary as we record today. The game served as an impromptu answer to Sega's Sonic the Hedgehog and Nintendo Super Mario. It stars a bandicoot in pants, running and jumping his way through platforming levels in an effort to stop the evil plans of Dr. Neo Cortex. The property was created by Naughty Dog, though it was eventually sold off and found its way into the hands of Universal, who promptly ran the series into the ground. A revitalization effort was recently made, though, in the form of a massively successful Crash Insane trilogy and a course-correcting sequel, Crash 4. Unfortunately, it seems Crash's current overlords, Activision, have all but killed the franchise off, once again in favor of putting all their development teams on the Call of Duty games. Now, as I wrote this script yesterday, apparently they might do something for 
the anniversary today. There, there's some sort of possible tease that there will be something because j- if Dude. anything, just to prove us wrong, <laughs> there will be some sort of Chris and just to cr- prove Chris and Matt wrong. Two exactly two guys who have no bearing on anything. They are vindictive. Exactly. They're, oh, oh, I know that this guy. Anyway, this <laughs> music was composed by Josh Mansell. He's composed for a number of films and TV series over the years. But his other video game credits include Interstate 82, the original Crash Bandicoot sequels, and the Jack and Daxter trilogy. So, Mr. Matt, yes, um, sir. you actually have a bit of experience with this game, so I'll go first this time. Ooh, I what a twist. Have, I have almost no experience with Crash Bandicoot. Um... I remember when it came out, I was like, okay, it's a platformer. And I looked at it at a friend's house. It was actually my girlfriend at the time. Her little brother was playing it. And he was like, this is so much better than Mario. And I looked at it and I said, is it? <laughs> so then I you know, went to work at, at Funko Land and got a lot of the same same things from lots of people. Oh, man, this is the Mario killer, man. This is so much better than Mario. And so I, like, I played it for about 14 seconds and said, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. So then I didn't touch it for decades. And then several months ago, I wind up picking up the Insane Trilogy because well, it's a chunk of video game history that I have almost no history with. Uh, so I started playing the first Crash Bandicoot on the Insane Trilogy. And, uh, you know, the first couple levels were fine. You know, I was having some fun with it. It's, it's all right. It's okay. Maybe I judged it a little bit harshly back in the old days, but, uh, you know, it's no Mario, but it's fine. It's perfectly pleasant. Uh, until it wasn't. Then, like, a couple levels in, the level length was, like, four to five times longer than anything before it. Uh, the hit detection was complete BS. Uh, <laughs> I, I just... Every ounce of fun that I was almost having with it was completely <laughs> down the toilet. That I was almost <laughs> having with it. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So, yeah, not a fan of the first Crash Bandicoot. I did like its personality, and the remake is is very pretty. Uh, even on Switch, it is a very nice-looking game. Uh, but I hear the second and third ones are way better, so I intend to give them a try at some point when I have, you know, spare time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said knowingly. But yes, that's that's my experience with Crash One. Um. Okay. Now I don't remember if I owned it or not. I don't think I did. I think I rented it several times from the local Blockbuster. Um. You know, you go down a Blockbuster and you look at the wall and you're just like, ah, right, let's see what's in. And I feel like, um, I I feel like I saw it and was like, eh. And then there was kind of nothing left, and I was like, ah, all right. But, you know, I took it home and I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I remember, let's see, it was 96, I said. I read it a second ago. I don't even remember. 96. So I was probably just starting to date my first girlfriend. And she didn't own a PlayStation, but I did. And she would hang out. We would hang out. And we'd play. So I'm sure she played it a bunch, too. We just had fun playing it. Like, I always thought it was just like a fun game. What I liked about it really was... There was, it was the first time I had, so, so it's like this 3D, you know, uh, third person, uh, move from south to north of the screen, theoretically, you know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, they, there was one level that they inverted it, and now you couldn't see what was coming from in front of you, and I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) I'm, at 16, I was clearly very impressed by easy, you know, small, little nothings. Um, but I remember having a lot of fun with it, and I thought, eh, this is pretty cool. Like, he wasn't, um, let's see, like, Conker's Bad Fur Day, right? Um, as, you know, as nostalgic as we can be for that game, I remember thinking, like, oh, F this guy, he's, you know, um, I'll take that again. I really don't. So I remember thinking, like, wait, wait. Uh, you know, something like Conker's Bad Fur Day, I remember thinking, like, oh, you know, this guy's such an edgelord or whatever. You know, like, eh. But there were parts of the game that I thought, meh. But, like, I thought this was kind of... And and I realized what I'm saying is going to be really funny. I realized this is a more mature take <laughs> on, you know, something like Conker's Bad Fur Day in that genre of, you know, play style and stuff. Um, but I mean, like... I never, I don't think I ever played, like, two and three. If I did, I probably played two, 
because I was like, oh, that first one was fun. After that, I never looked back on the Crash Bandicoot series. I always, I did, you know, it's funny, I, unofficial uh, PlayStation mascot is kind of perfect because I always kind of uh, got the inclination that uh, Crash was the answer, was the Mario to the Sonic to the PlayStation, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, you remember those commercials with uh, the guy in the Crash Bandicoot costume standing outside of Nintendo headquarters? Like, oh, I, oh my god, I totally forgot about those. That's, that's, uh, honestly, that's the only reason I want Crash Bandicoot in Smash Brothers, just to kind of, like, make good on that commercial after all these years. But yeah, that was, like, that was the thing, man. There's calling out, hey, plumber boy. Hey, plumber boy, mustache man, your worst nightmare has arrived. <laughs> The WWE did something like that many, many years ago, but I digress. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with the series. I thought it was, um, you know, a little, little mindless entertainment, honestly. It was still kind of, I think, in that period where they were transitioning from, you know, some of the simpler games having just kind of beat the bad guy premises to, you know, kind of stuff now where it's... Uh, you know, a little more involving and and so forth. So, yeah. Well, all right then. That that catches us up to now, to today, <laughs> the anniversary of Crash Bandicoot. Uh, so let's listen to some music. Huh? All right. So since I don't know much about this game, Uh-oh. um, no, don't do the, it. Don't do what? <laughs> don't throw it to me. <laughs> oh no no no! <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. Because I have you. a I have a terrible memory. I don't remember any of this. I'll listen to this like it's the first time. <laughs> Since I don't know a lot about this game, um, the way I chose tracks. Well, first I asked everyone on Discord, and I got one answer, which was for the song Hog Wild, which was already on my list, uh, and. The, everything else, I just picked tracks that seemed like they would be important, so I didn't really listen to most of them. I was just kind of looking at it. Yeah, this seems like a, a level tune. It's about long enough to be something like that. So this is a pretty random uh, selection of songs. I hope it does the game justice. It's, uh, you know, we're, I'd say it's a little bit more than half the overall soundtrack. Seemed like a lot of drums as I was flipping through, but let's I, let's give it a listen. I kind of remember that. <laughs> so uh, we have no idea what we're in for. Let's start off with a uh, map, very uh, very aptly named song. I wonder what it's about. That's I spelled backwards as Pam. Oh whoa uh, whoa slow down. <laughs> Hang on a second. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> All right, let's give uh, let's give our first track to listen to. This is Map from Crash Bandicoot. Uh, that was map i recognize that one from when i was uh playing the new version uh it's a catchy little tune yeah i think it's very indicative of kind of the whole soundtrack crash bandicoot's got a fairly um at least at least um, the 
first game, I can't speak to the others, has a fairly um, jungle kind of overall aesthetic. Uh-huh. Um, and I think uh, I think that encapsulates that pretty much, uh, you know, soup to nuts, really. Yeah, it's I like the kind of, let's say, uh, it sounds kind of like an uh, homage to Looney Tunes, the little zing kind of uh, <laughs> thing that's happening a couple times there. Like, okay, so... So you're in for something pretty zany here, uh, which is right. Definitely what this game is, and definitely more than I thought it was. Because uh, I remember, you know, back in the old days, seeing those commercials uh, and stuff, and thinking that this was going to be very Sonic the Hedgehog, but even more attitude, but kind of like more modern attitude. So like mean, uh, and in fact, there's there doesn't seem to be any meanness in here. In fact, Crash Bandicoot is a seems like a pretty nice guy. So. He's just kind of a goofball, so uh, this this definitely sets the stage, or at least well, we think it does. <laughs> so I don't know what else to say about that. Let's let's see what else this thing has for us. Let's move on to track number two, which we have listed here as Jungle Rollers. Uh, I remember this one too. I thought this was kind of neat. Earlier on in the game, you're running around and you got these big stones rolling back and forth that you're trying to trying to dodge. It's it's kind of fun. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's see what this sounds like. Here is Jungle Rollers. Enjoy. Okay, so I know we're only two tracks in, but so far, the soundtrack to this is so shockingly similar to Donkey Kong 64, it's kind of blowing my mind. Um, it's uh, And Donkey Kong 64 was after this by a, a, a large margin, I think, it was mm-hmm. a, several years later. Uh, and I don't know that it's necessarily going to keep that feel, but right now, just those first two tracks... Gave me super Dunk Kong sixty four vibes. Um, I can absolutely see that. I mean, that's that may or may not be the problem with uh, having a game set kind of in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you're not really thinking outside the box, and this isn't a knock to to either uh, gentleman who wrote the soundtracks. If you're not really thinking outside the box, it's I feel it's fairly commonplace to have you know the tropes of the jungle in your soundtrack because. You want to, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say you, but uh, you know, they, the, the game director may want that, you know, like I want a whole, I want a fully immersive package, you know. Uh-huh. So, you know, I could, I could totally see that. Uh, for me, this track is a little uh, oh, cheesy. 
like the, like the drums are of course their drums are solid you know there's not much happening there the, they're using like um xylophone and marimbas you know i think we're gonna see that it's fairly common i think for again um jungle themes you know mm-hmm. whether it's a jungle level or a full game like a donkey kong country um but the uh <laughs> the canned elephant and the canned monkey like they're hokey it's it's goofy but i but to your point uh, earlier you know it's it's kind of a silly game it's a little it doesn't take itself too too seriously but again it's not over the top like a crash bandicoot and i know i say that like i, I hate them but i don't <laughs> um yeah it's it gives you it gives me goofy vibes like this is certainly a game that's geared towards you know 96 i was uh, 16 17 depending um mm-hmm. It's definitely a game geared towards younger players, but, you know, it was what they had on the shelf, so. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, it, it didn't really leave a huge impression on me. It seems very backgroundy, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's, that's, I think that's perfectly fine, right? It doesn't have to be something super catchy, but uh, that's the kind of stuff that usually made me stick with platformers. And I kind of feel like if I had played this for five minutes back in the old days and I was really enthralled by the music, I would have liked the rest of it more. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Let's see where we go. Sure. So the next one is called Bonus Round, parentheses, Tana. Mm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Uh, is Tana a character? Is Tana a place? Is Tana a state of being? <laughs> uh, let's find out. Well, I'm Tana. Find out. Ooh. Here's. Woo, yeah. Ooh. Almost pulled my back out stretching for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's bonus round. Enjoy. certainly some interesting uh certainly some intri- uh instrument choices made with that song <laughs> yep there certainly were um i'm not sure that i would call them good instrument choices <laughs> i didn't think you would uh there was aspects of the first couple of tracks that were reminding me very much of uh secret of monkey island mm-hmm. in like the instrumentation like this is this is early quote unquote CD quality sound going on right here. You know, this mm-hmm. is being played by live instruments, um, and the first two were, were perfectly pleasant. This one was a little less so. Uh, like I see what they were going for here with a bit of a, I guess kind of a surf rock vibe, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know that they accomplished what they were setting out to do. <laughs> yeah, I, so I had to double check. Uh, if Tawny was someone, and I think that uh, it's uh, Crash Bandicoot's girlfriend, 
and of course oh is that the girl that you're trying to save uh yeah and uh of course she's like some over sexualized bandicoot you know in a crop top and daisy dukes <laughs> you know like you do um basically uh candy kong except in bandicoot form yeah probably i don't know can't believe i'm about to say it probably more attractive but anyway <laughs> But I digress. <laughs> Guys, I want you to know I do this for you. I do this for the LOLs. I, 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 that's it. I only do it for you. Uh, and making Chris laugh. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's being said, I, I appreciate when someone goes for surf rock because I do really appreciate surf rock. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, but it can get on my nerves quickly. Like I can only listen to a couple of tracks here and there. Like when I used to have like a iPod, you know, it would pop on. I'm like, oh yeah, great, okay. And then it would go on to something completely different. I'm like, all right, cool. But um, yeah, not a huge fan of this one, honestly. It uh, again, they were trying for surf rock, and you know, I don't know. I, I can't. I wasn't in the room. Uh, I can't speak to limitations. But it felt like there were some limitations that. By 1996's standards, I don't think should have been there. It definitely feels like this was made on... It was all made on a, a keyboard, which, you know, for 96 is actually really good. Um, but, I don't know. Uh, doesn't hit. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a big hit for me either. Uh, the um, uh, Even the melody itself, instrument choices aside, just didn't really yeah. seem to have much in the way of personality. Just uh is what it is. Let's see if it gets better. Uh, this next one is called Boulder Dash, uh, which I assume is music from the level I used to see in the commercials and stuff where you're running away from a giant boulder. Yeah, one of the inverted levels. Yeah, good times. Yep. So uh, let's let's give it a go. Here is let's give it a roll. Uh, <laughs> see, you should what you should have said is, "Hey Matt, roll it." Oh, hey. yes, I could be corny too. <laughs> I love corn. I know. All right. Let's uh let's give a listen. Here is Boulder Dash. Enjoy. <laughs> well, I mean, I like a good didgeridoo as much as the next guy. And that um, next guy just happens to be me. 
<laughs> what did you think of this one? I like the didgeridoo as much as the guy before me. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I, like, I couldn't stop like bopping my head. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because the track itself to me is very repetitive. Even though there was, you know, an introduction of a couple different melodies, I just felt like um, they were a little too sparse. Like, not sparse. Sparse is not the word. They were... No, you know what? Maybe sparse is the word. They, they were sparse in their um, execution. Because I feel like sometimes we've listened to things where, you know, there'd be one or two melodies. And some sometimes they're just made and they're so sweeping. And they're so encompassing. And they really grab your attention. Um, this was, uh, to me, a song that uh, I, I think it encapsulates the level. This kind of like uh, driving, you know, beat the drum. The the kick drum is certainly very driving. You put the um, the the other like the toms on top of it. It keeps it driving. They introduce that bass line. The bass line's so deep, like everything's so low. Um, I just felt like then once like the I mean, the didgeridoo just comes out of nowhere. But <laughs> but I feel like with the introduction of, like, uh, again, the marimbas or the, um, uh, the xylophone, it, they just seem so... They To me, they clash in a way that they're just so far apart in timbre that it almost doesn't do anything other than, like you said before, be background music. Which, again, that's what this is. But we've explored so many soundtracks together that some of this music isn't just background music you know what i mean like clearly clearly you know and if you're listening to the show like you know as well so you know it's it's background music uh it's not terrible uh there's just nothing remarkable about it yeah um really a few minutes in what the the only thought that occurred to me was like wow this is still going huh (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) right it's never really something you want right uh but again it's 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 perfectly fine um but yeah i i, I must say that i was uh, hoping for more uh, than than perfectly fine sure so but we've still got a bunch of tracks left let's see where things go this Absolutely. next one's called papu papu oh so i mean hey papu papu right but what could be bad so let's give it a whirl <laughs> let's see if it's papu poppin <laughs> oh boy Sorry, world. Both <laughs> both Chris and I have had zero sleep, so yeah. enjoy.
Well, I gotta say, at least that track was more interesting than what we listened to before. I, I like that one a lot, actually. Yeah, there, I, was, I was pretty into it. There seemed to be some life to it. Maybe that's what I'm talking about, what I'm trying to articulate. is like, we've listened to soundtracks that are way more lively, um, both sonically and uh, uh, through composition. Um, and this one feels like it's kind of flat. Which is weird for me because it's like a 3D game. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's all the years of gaming, maybe it's the the film background, I don't know, maybe it's my live sound background. I like I I want to I want it to be fully immersive. Like the sound I like I get it, you know, soundtracks and sound in general on video games really gets like the crumbs of data what's left on the disc you know I, I had a teacher in school who was like you know if any of you guys don't want to get into you know sound design and, and uh, music production for video games it's totally viable you can make a career off of it but you got to understand that there's a, you work in very very tight constraints you have only you know kilobits to create a whole soundtrack or you know a whole bevy of, of sound effects so I understand. I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to come across harsh, but maybe I am to some. Uh, that's not the intention. So, at any rate, um, this track is definitely more lively. Uh, I think it gels a lot better. As I said, with the the boulders, rolling boulders uh, track was kind of like ah. Uh... So I dig this one a lot. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it, it definitely had a bit more of a personality. This didn't seem. For what you were talking about with the this, this space, that was kind of one of the big deals of PlayStation and, and CD-ROMs at the time. Like, you were no longer constrained to, to, to space. You know, you could make as high-fidelity instruments as you want. Go nuts. It's CD-quality sound. Go crazy. We got storage for days. And there's been a lot of uh, PlayStation games that have done wonderful things with those soundtracks. Uh, and this one... I kind of feel like the music and the the background music for this game thus far seems like an afterthought, whereas most of the games that we've covered on this show before uh, are games that have put music at the forefront of like, no, this is this is very important. Like, yes, space constraints wise, you're only going to get this much space, but the strength of the compositions and the the melodies and it doing more than simply being a musical backdrop is important. Mm -hmm. And I have not experienced that in this soundtrack so far. This is the closest I've come to that. We're like, okay, this is cool. I can, I can remember this song. You know, there, there are things about this that I will think back on and I can remember this song had a personality, whereas the other ones have all been just kind of mushed together to me. So Let's hope this is a big old upturn for what we're hearing going forward, huh? Yeah. So here's the one song we did get a request for. It's called Hog Wild, and I think I remember this stage where you jump on a, a the warthog and you're riding around like crazy. So let's give it a listen. Here's Hog Wild. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah. 
hog wild and uh i rather enjoyed the composition i have my questions about their uh instrument choices for some of it <laughs> or at least just the, the fidelity of them is kind of bothering me but uh okay it's a i i i really gotta listen i want to listen to the uh the, the updated version of this song because this seems like a good composition that's really just being held back by some some weird instruments now, uh, I before I go into mine, uh, I have a question about the um, the trilogy, the remake, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, did they redo the soundtrack, or is it just like a they went back and remastered it? Uh, you know what? I think they redid it, because huh. uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this on real quick to give myself a quick listen. Sounds I good. just downloaded it while we were doing this, because I'm going to use the Insane Trilogy as background music while I'm... Uh, you know, for what we're doing here. Sure. Uh, so what did we just listen to? Uh, Hogwild. Hogwild. Oh, yeah. No, this is totally re-recorded. Oh, okay. Oh, and this is great. Yeah, I'm uh, 100% right. Okay, and I remember that because I played that stage. Yeah. Um, I think what's holding me back on... Uh, definitely all that's holding me back on this one is the instrument choices. And okay. it sounds wonderful in the, uh, the, the new rendition. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, this is a, a, a cool song. Definitely fits the uh, frantic nature of this particular level. A hundred percent agree. I, I like it. As far as the composition is concerned, I think it's a good composition. I, I definitely um, can understand what you're saying, where it's it, it suffers from just poor instrumentation or you know, just low fidelity. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe even that could be a reason why some of the tracks we've listened to, I'm like, eh, it sounds flat. It could be just a poor uh, fidelity, um, but uh, now I, I'm I'm curious to go and listen to the uh, Insane Trilogy version. Otherwise, um, I think this track's a lot of fun. It reminds me a lot of like the stuff you would hear, not necessarily in Looney Tunes, but like later cartoons. Like uh, I don't know, like it comes across like a rodeo song or something. Yeah, it's a little Benny Hill, Yakety Sax. Um, it, it, it harkens to a lot of other stuff we're familiar with. So it breeds that level of familiarity with, um, with the piece. So I like it. Yeah, me too. Good, good fun track. Huzzah. Huzzah. (laughs) Oh boy. All right. Well, let's keep it going. Let's go to the temple ruins. Hopefully this does not ruin our experience. (coughs) Yep. Those crickets were uh, well earned. Let's listen to <laughs> listen to Temple Ruins. Enjoy.
Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, then I'll start. I feel absolutely nothing toward that song. Really? Okay. Um, I have a slightly different opinion. I actually really like it. Um, uh, the negative I have for it uh, is that there comes a point for me, or I should say there came a point for me at least twice or three times in the song where I was like, this part is still going on. And then it was as if I said that and someone heard me and was like, all right, introduce something new. And then something new would come along and I'm like, oh, I like this, okay. Um, there's a part towards the end where the where they pick up the drumming and it has that kind of, you know, four on the floor kind of thing. And I'm, I'm like, oh, this is good. They should do this more. But they don't. But they should. Uh, you know, it's good. I, I like, you know what it is? I like a lot of, I like a lot more of it than I don't like. I mean, it, it's a vast ratio. It's maybe like 10 to 1, maybe. Um, what I like versus what I don't like. Um, so good. I think it's good. I think it's a good one. I, I, this one I'd be curious to hear the, the remake of. <clears throat> yeah, um, I don't know. It, I didn't hate it. I, I felt no, nothing negative towards it. I just didn't feel anything positive towards it either. It was, it was some sounds that happened in the... <laughs> <laughs> in a melodic type fashion. Indeed. They didn't really resonate with me. So, I don't know. There you go. This, is, this has been a weird one, man. Well, at least for me. This has been a, an unusual situation. But, hey, let's keep going, huh? Sure. The next one's called Cortex Power. Uh... I'm gonna assume that this has something to do with the uh, the villain. It's got to, right? I mean, his name is Doctor Neo Cortex. Although there is another track coming up called Doctor Neo Cortex, so I don't know. Maybe this is just a song about his power. Maybe the the Doctor Neo Cortex is his uh, jingle for his um, medical practice. Oh, I sure hope so. I hope so too. Well, let's listen to Cortex Power. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought, I mean, I, we're, we talk all the time how we're fans of bass and, and bass lines and stuff. I thought that was like a, a fun kind of villainous bass line. I feel like it's something I would have written, which is, uh-huh. again, not a knock to anyone. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, diss someone's talent or anything. I just feel like it's something I would have been like noodling around and then found it and be like, ooh, okay. And then kind of would have let it go like, eh, all right, that was fun, but I, I don't see or hear anything for it and you know just kept going um i liked i liked the stabs boom boom you know that was fun uh-huh. it, it gave it that uh, again another level of kind of kind of harmless villainy if that makes sense like you know it's it's a kid's game or you know it's a young adult's game whatever you want to call it uh and it's not too threatening like no one's really gonna get scared. They're gonna be like, "Oh, the, the villain's here somewhere," you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's it. Yeah, I think it's a. It, it seems to be. You know, it seems like a factory kind of level or something like that. It's a yes, it yes, a yes. Good, had a good feel to it. It had a good feel. A little bit of just, just the right little bit of sneaky energy to it. I liked it. I I can definitely hear the um the vill- uh, Excuse me, the factory 
five. All right, uh, we got two left, so this next one's called Toxic Waste. Uh, <laughs> will it be better than the Toxic Waste Cave song from Sonic Spinball? <laughs> We'll find out right now. Enjoy. I kind of feel like this one is another one that really um, suffers hard for the instrument fidelity. Yeah. Um, I mean, this sounded like a this sounded like a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, rock and racing, maybe. And, and like not and, and not even in a good way. Like the Super Nintendo, you think, think about something like the Uniracer soundtrack. <laughs> Makes a way more convincing electric guitar mm-hmm. than this. This this sounded bad, but the actual composition itself had me kind of like bopping a little bit. Okay, this is actually an interesting song. Right. Uh, this is yeah. this isn't bad at all. But yuck, man. These <laughs> these instruments. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're talking PS One. This was like that was the thing, man. This is supposed to be uh, uh, the audio is supposed to be such many light years ahead of what the N sixty four could pull off, and I I. I this this track was a pretty big disappointment, but also a pretty nice little head bopper. I was I liked it. Um, composition wise, definitely, and um, I think you and I agree can agree here um, that it it has potential. Like we can hear it, you know. Like you said, it suffers from the from the poor instrumentation. Again, fidelity uh, potentially being a huge uh, key factor here too. Um. I did kind of, I was, you know, bopping my head. Uh, th- those, I, and I wanted to talk about this for the other track too. Those guitars crack me the hell up. Like, <laughs> not necessarily like a, a mocking way, but kind of sort of mocking way. Um, they're, they're just funny to me because, you know, I've, I've been a metalhead pretty much as long as I can remember. And, you know, there's, there's such a vast variety of distortions, you know, that guys and girls play with. And I hear this and I'm kind of like, <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, did you get your first uh, boss distortion pedal? <laughs> so anyway, that that slander aside, um, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to hear this one updated. I think um, I think this could be another one that's surprisingly awesome with uh, a new level of um, 
instrumentation and fidelity. I can confirm that it is. <laughs> I'm listening Fantastic. to it right now, and uh, oh, this is this is this is great. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. Okay. Okay. Our 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 thoughts were were well founded. Okay, that brings us to the last track of uh, the episode. That is Doctor Neo Cortex, which I'm just assuming is his theme. Uh, and it's the longest track of the night. It's uh, three minutes and fourteen seconds. Woo! Okay. Bye. All right. All right. Let's give it. Let's give it a listen, huh? Here's Doctor Neo Cortex. Enjoy. Dr. Neo Cortex. It was nice and sinister. Yep. Um, it was uh, it was pretty effective at what it, at what it did. Again, I'm I'm really not feeling the the low fidelity of these tracks, but uh, um, you know, that taking that aside, just from uh, we've gone from full on jungle to uh, like very technological with a dash of surf rock going on. It's a really interesting kind of progression we've gone through here uh it was it was kind of a neat tune um i liked it i thought uh the loops were a little too short and therefore they become repetitive um i'll agree with everything you just said though a little surf rocky in there that's nice um to kind of play sparse and and give it that sinister feeling um and if i'm not mistaken that's kind of the progression of the game like you know, your homeland is being threatened by this kind of evil factory, you know, thing in Majig, and you go out there and you 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 bop it to death and you save the day. Uh, and I think as you progress, you end up going into a more uh, factory-like setting. You know, if I'm not mistaken, there's a part with flamethrowers and conveyor belts. Um, kind of see that in the back of my brain somewhere. But um, 
it, it, it's a good track. It's another one that I would wouldn't mind checking out on the remake and and seeing if it kind of uh, pops a bit better. Because um, again, it it suffers from a bit of uh, low fidelity. Um, I don't I don't know that the instrumentation choice is terrible here. I think it's actually pretty good. But the patches, some of the patches are like. Mm. But either way, I, I still I still enjoyed it. Yeah, this has been a this has been an interesting little experience we've had here. Um, I just certainly didn't hate it, but it also didn't really change my mind on my overall feelings of of Crash Bandicoot. So, no, it is what it is. Uh, it was it was certainly an interesting an interesting trek to take, and I don't know what else to say. <laughs> There's not much to say. Uh, if if any, I, I I'll say this. I feel like as is with me and Chris, if any of this interested you, maybe perhaps go and check out the, the remake of the soundtrack. Uh, you know, if, if you felt anything like we felt. So, Yeah, I can definitely confirm as we were listening to this, I've, I've poked into the, uh, the the Insane Trilogy soundtrack a few times and been like, oh, okay, so this isn't, this isn't bad. It's just this is what this is. <laughs> mm. uh, so, you know. Pray for this uh, this music getting uh, a remake that it deserves. Yeah. In the meantime, that's going to wrap things up for us today. Um, you know, any final thoughts? Right? Anything? Uh, no, I'm. No, I don't. That, well, that was my final out. thought. There we go. All right, join us next time for more anniversary goodness as we celebrate the 35th anniversary of the arcade racing classic Outrun. Don't worry, folks, we're almost done with these anniversaries. <laughs> uh, the Outrun episode is going to be a little on the short short side. There's not a ton of music in that game, but you know what? It's going to make up for it with quality. Anyway, we here at the Waveback <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, the Wayback Podcasts are incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, and we love communicating with you when we can. We have a couple of ways you can do that. There's uh, the Geek Hate Discord channel, in which we have a Waveback chat where we frequently discuss all manner of stuff related to video game music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. We also have a Waveback forum page on Facebook, which you can find by searching Waveback on Facebook. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com, and while you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. Uh, Matt, do you want to plug anything? Uh, no, I'm good. I, I think, uh, nah, that's a lie. The D&D still goes. We still live. They still <laughs> live. I don't know how. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, I'm just going to leave it here. We're going to go ahead and leave you tonight with the end credits music. Uh, I don't know. Have fun. Spin around and break a box or two. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they're not yours. Indeed. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.